listening to audio from Oasis Church in Winter Haven, Florida. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit our website at www.oasischurchwh.org. And thanks so much for listening. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We do thank you for um, our time, Lord, for Sunday, God, that we can come together, we can worship together, God, that we can um, put our, our focus on you, Lord. This world can be such a distraction, and um, these are the, are the days, these are the times that we can come together uh, to support one another, to, um, but mostly, God, to, to look to you, to point to you. God, and to lift your name up. God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. This morning, I just pray that um, I would not be in the way of your message, God, that you would um, revelate my mind and anoint my lips to say what you need us to hear today. God, I pray that you would uh, bless the ears of, of each one here, each hearer. God, bless their mind to understand your word. But God, most importantly, may it make its way to their heart. They may receive your word and what you would have to say today. In your name we pray. Amen. So we're going to continue on in uh, the book of Luke, Luke chapter 17. We're picking up uh, where, where Kevin left off last week. Um, we're, so we're starting in verse 11. Um, kind of a short passage today, and it's, a, it's probably a very uh, familiar verse of Scripture for those of us who maybe have been in church for a while. Uh, but for, for some, it may, uh, I hope I can bring out something that's a little bit uh, different from what you've heard in the past. Um, this is about uh, the ten lepers who were healed. Jesus was on his way uh, through Samaria, back and, and between Samaria and Galilee, and he's on his way towards Jerusalem, and he encounters um, these, these 10 lepers. So let's look into his word, Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. It says, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner. And he said to him, Rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Thus saith the Lord. All right. So um, I think this is a really, there's not a lot of expounding to do in this scripture because um, it's really plain what's, what's happening, what's occurring. Um, now Jesus is, is on his way. What I, one of the things that I find interesting is it says, as he was about to enter a village. So he's coming up on a village. It's no doubt been a long day, a long journey. He's probably tired. He's looking forward to being where he's going so that maybe he can get a bite to eat. Maybe he, he's thirsty. Maybe he needs to get and lay down and just sit for a moment. You ever get that in, in your day sometimes where you just wish that you could just take a break? Um, whether that's to sit down, um, have, have a soda, a sweet tea. Maybe that's, um, uh, you just need to take a break in your mind. Just 
turn stuff off. It's too loud. I just, I just need some downtime. And I can only imagine in this situation as Jesus has been traveling all day, about to come into the village, and he hears these cries. Um, what I find interesting is that there's no hint here that Jesus took a beat or a second and thought, you know what? He could have been perfectly, it could have been perfectly fine for him to say, you know what, guys? I'll be back in the morning. Or let me just go a little bit, a little more ways. I, I need to wash up. I want to, I want to rest for a minute and then um, we'll, we'll talk. But he didn't do that. He didn't skip a beat. It says, as he entered the village, he was met by 10 lepers who at a distance lifted up their voice. Now, I want to pause right there because I want you to think about these people. And, and so this, as far as we are through Luke, what we've learned is a couple things about, number one, lepers. We, we recognize that lepers have a condition that's caused them to be separated from their home, from their families, um, from their communities. They have to form their own little community alone with others that are like them. Uh, can you imagine the, the heartache that would come with knowing that, that they've ruled that you have to be an outcast and you have to leave the, the community, you have to figure it out on your own, but you can't be here? That's what they we're encountering as lepers it it's it's like it's a skin disease and so they had more than likely it was it was not pretty to look at it was um obvious that there was something going on and people were afraid of them it's kind of like us today and wearing masks right people are afraid to get what they got and today with the mask thing you don't know who's got what you're afraid you're going to get <laughs> At least with them, they, I mean, it, there were obvious outward signs. Um, have you ever been someplace through this whole thing with COVID where you cough and it's literally you're just choking on something and everybody looks at you like, oh my God, he's about to die. He's going to give it to me. Um, that's, that, this is a fear. And it was realistic fear that they encountered. They recognized their condition. They understood. They've already been... They, they've been labeled, and they've been cast out. Their hope for the future had been taken. And now imagine just every dream that they had, the life they wanted to build, seeing their kids raised, and maybe seeing, seeing their daughter get married, seeing their, their children excel in what they in their in what they excel at and yet here they were all hope gone this disease destroyed their life and they knew the rules you look at the scripture it says that as Jesus was coming into the village he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voice cuz they knew that they had the social distance it was probably more than six feet um, in their case. And they were socially distanced and they were yelling out, here he comes. Now I'm sure they had heard that Jesus is passing through. He's on his way. 
People have been coming and said, Jesus is going to come back through our town. They've heard a lot about him. You've heard a lot about him in the book of Luke through the last um, several months. You've learned what he's capable of doing. And they knew if he passes our way, we might have a chance. They had already heard that he had healed lepers. He's told them, here, here, you're whole. He touched them. You don't touch a leper. He touched them. He made them whole. He told them to go wash, and they were made whole. And in this case, he's walking through, and they yell out. What do they yell out? First, they yell out Jesus. They used his name. They knew who he was based on his reputation of what they had heard about him from others. They used his name. But then there's a comma, and it says master. Jesus Master. To me, when I read that, it sounds like we know your name and we respect your authority. Throughout, throughout the book of Luke, we've talked about God's authority and Jesus establishing his authority uh, in the synagogues and in his teaching. And these lepers knew Jesus, his name, and they knew his authority. They called him master. And then there was the cry. They cried out their prayer. Have mercy on us. In a situation where the only hope is Jesus passing by and will he hear my cry. What did Jesus say? He didn't skip a beat. He didn't say, I'll come back tomorrow. Jesus is a man of action. And what, you know, I recognize this. As he heals people, he does it in different ways. Sometimes he touches. Sometimes, you know, he anoints. Sometimes he, he commands. Sometimes he, there's all these different ways that he does. Because, listen, I think it's, it's personal. He listens and he responds how you need him to respond. Jesus, in this case, it says, when he saw them, he said to them. That's where I get that from, that there was no hesitation, because the scripture says, when he saw them, he said to them. He didn't say he thought about it. He saw them, and he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now, um, I recognize this, this tactic. Um, I've used this with my children. Um, there have been times that they've asked me for something or um, to, do, to do something, and my response would be, well, go do da-da-da-da-da. And, and really, as a parent, what I'm doing is, will they obey the request, what I've asked them to do, even if it doesn't really make sense to what they're asking, sometimes I would say, "If just go do this. And my kids always ask why. And I'm like, just do it. But, but why? And I, I have to wonder then, did the lepers stand around debating were there some that was saying, well, this doesn't make sense. He's telling us to go show ourselves to the priest. That's what God is here. Because the priest was the judge of 
whether they were clean or unclean. And he had already decreed that they were unclean. He already did. And now Jesus says, we're, we're crying out to you, have mercy on us. And Jesus says, go, you, go show yourself to the priest. I wonder if there were those that was like, mm, what's that going to do? And then there's others saying, just trust him. Just do it. Do what he says. I promise. I've heard the stories. He can do this. But I, I don't know. I'm reading between the lines. What I do know is it says, and as they went, they were cleansed. Now, how cool would that be? Now, these guys have got, you know, probably just, and I'm not going to describe it because it's gross probably, but they, they've got scabs and different things on their body and they're itching, they're covered with sores, and they're like, go show yourself to the priest. So they all right, they're walking, and as they walk, things are maybe start falling off. They scratch, and they do this, and, and it's clean skin. And they realize as they were going, they were cleansed. So I, as I think through this, I think through the, the power of God in his word, that he was able to say, okay, just go show yourself to the priest. Because he knew by the time they got there that they'd be clean and they, could be, they would be judged clean and they would get that decree and they could get the stamp on the paper or they could take and go back to their family and say, see, I'm clean, I'm home. And the kids are like, yay, right? Yeah. <laughs> the kids are like, yay. Depends on how long he was gone. <laughs> uh, but, but they come home. I, I, I can only imagine what that's like to have a, uh, a sentence on you that is forever and now it's gone and I'm clean and now I have hope and I have a future and all those dreams, those things that, that I that hope to see and do is now a possibility. Their obedience to Christ's command resulted in a healing of their body. But that's not where this story ends. That's cool. But this, this portion of Scripture is continuing on of what Kevin has been preaching over the last couple of weeks in the beginning of chapter 17 as it talks about faith and expectancy and as a servant, what we, what we expect and what we do because we're servants, we don't expect rewards. We do it because this is what we're expected to do. And now we continue on to this portion of Scripture where we see another image of faith and what faith is and what faith can do. Now, I think that these ten lepers had a belief they had faith that, that Jesus, Master, would have mercy on them. They cried out. And they experienced the mercy of God. But one, one's reaction, one's praise, one's blessing. In verse 15, it says, Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed... Turned back, 
praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. That's where I'm reading this, and I, and I paused. And I think, why did he point out it was a Samaritan. I mean, there has to be relevance to the point that, that's trying to be made here as to why did it stop and say, now, he was a Samaritan. Luke, in the book of Luke, we've seen many examples of Samaritans. First, Samaritans were, were viewed as um, outcasts from the Jewish nation. They were, they were viewed as unclean. They were viewed as, as enemies. They didn't like each other. Remember the, the woman at the well? And Jesus is there and she's like, how are you talking to me, a Samaritan? Why are, why are, you, um, why are you addressing me? Don't you know that I'm a Samaritan and you're, you're a Jewish man? You have nothing to do with, with us. And I, I think where Jesus is going with this, and, and he even says in scripture in in the word here he says um that um this was a none none found and returned except this foreigner this stranger this person that no one would have expected to give god the glory is the one who turned back and gave god the glory now that leads me to believe that the other nine were likely Jewish. And that may be why they were still dependent upon the Jewish rules and laws to go show yourself to the priest so that he can, he can uh, pronounce you as clean. What's great about, about Christ is that he's not caught up in the formalities. He's caught up in the heart and the condition. He will make you whole, but not have to go through all of the, the formalities of what it takes to convince everybody else. Because, guys, I'm not about convincing you. My condition and my heart condition isn't about uh, my convincing you. There's a lot of people been led astray because somebody was good at convincing somebody else about their condition, but their condition was nowhere near what it actually was. You shouldn't be worried about how you can um, present yourself to me or anybody else. You know what we do? We, this is uh, what we call wearing masks. You have, a, you have a church mask, and you have a house mask, and you have a work mask, and you've got this, this personality or, or this um, these habits or these things that you do, how, how you want to be seen by the crowds that you're running in. Um, you know what's easier? Just be yourself. Just, just be you. You know what? I was a leper. I was. And people are going to talk about these guys for the rest of their life. Oh, I remember. That kids will run from them. Because of what they've been told about them. People, friends, let's, we got to be careful. Oh, oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Remember that song? Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Because the Lord up and down. 
This Samaritan turned back. Jesus, Jesus came to seek and to save that was lost. It doesn't say those that were lost who lived in a specific village at a specific time for a specific purpose. No, no, no. He came to seek and to save that was lost. All. Everyone. What I see when I read this scripture and it says he was a Samaritan, it's helping people get past their preconceptions and their, the judgmental minds of what God can do and what God can't do. Because God can do what God wants to do when God wants to do it. And if he wants to say, um, then you go wash yourself in the river seven times, and on the seventh time you come up, you'll be cleansed, then that's what he's going to do. Or he could say, um, just go show yourself to the priest. And as they're going, it's good. Now, now, what if there were 10 lepers and only eight of them went do you think the other two would have experienced their healing i don't know but i have to believe that it's obedience in this situation where jesus says have faith in my words and be obedient to what i'm asking you to do even when it doesn't make sense now you picture 10 going off and off in a distance, you start hearing laughter and cheering and, and this ruckus, this noise of these 10 people as they start realizing that, that their condition is changing with each step that they make. And so there they go. And I can't imagine that the disciples and Jesus, as they hear this, there's a smile on their face. And they're like, yeah, well, he's, he did it again. When all of a sudden, they hear one start hooping and hollering on his way back. Glorifying and praising God. All the way back and fell at his feet. He said, thank you, thank you, thank you. This, this story is not much different than we are today. Jesus looked around and said, well, I think there were 10 that were cleansed. Where are the other nine? Only this one came back. Only one decided to give God the glory. I wonder... I, I think it's important to, when we pray, is to have expectancy. Belief that God can do what God wants to do when he wants to in my situation. Will he have mercy and, and how he chooses to respond to my need is 100% on him. I should not be coming to God and saying, this is what I need and this is how I need you to fix it. No. It should be, God, this is my need, and I'm trusting you for the answer. But there's a difference between expectancy and entitlement. I wonder if somehow the nine felt entitled to their healing. They had heard about Jesus and they expected him to do it. And so, so were, did, were they entitled to 
well, well he's just going to do it. And he, he just did it. It was obviously not a big deal to him because all you know, he said is, well, go show yourselves to the priest. And it was done. It didn't cost him much in their mind. But the Bible says, by his stripes, you are healed. There was a price for their healing. They just didn't have to pay it. I wonder if we ever view God's blessings through a lens of entitlement. God, you know, you promised, so you've got to do it. Listen, they were still healed. They were cleansed. Those ten, Jesus said, were not ten cleansed. Their healing was not done conditionally. Jesus had mercy. What's the difference then? Listen. He said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith, in one version says, has made you whole. Others say your faith has saved you. But it's unique in this man, this leper's life, is the nine got healed, but the tenth got saved. The, the nine experienced temporary healing, but the tenth, the one, experienced eternal life, salvation. He was made whole. Not just the outside, but the inside as well. Your faith has made you well. My mercy is what made them well. But your faith, you're going just a little bit deeper. Because you recognize where it comes from. Like the lepers. Friend, we need to recognize our condition. Often, leprosy is, is compared to sin. Because sin destroys. Sin is like a disease. It causes separation between you and God. And it can separate you and your family, you and your friends, you and peace. It takes away your hope. It can destroy your life. Sin left unchecked will ultimately end in destruction. Eternal death. Leprosy, very much the same. And these lepers recognized their condition. Do you recognize your condition? Do you see the hopelessness and the helplessness there is when sin has invaded your life? Do you see it? Do you recognize it? Do you see that you've been declared unclean? That's the first step. Recognizing your condition. Second What is your prayer? Are you looking to the wrong things in this world to help you get out of the rut you're in? Here, just like the lepers, we should call out his name, Jesus. Because the scripture said that there's no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. Acts 4.12. And there's no, there's, um, there's salvation in no one else for there's no other name under heaven among men 
by which we must be saved. It is under his name. Second, it's under his authority. They yelled out, Master. But understand, he is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, and everything in between. Jesus has authority over all and in all. So recognize who he is and who his authority is. And then what is your need? What are you crying out? First and foremost, it should be have mercy on me, a sinner. Have mercy on me, God. God, that I might be made whole, that I might be made clean. Do you see the instruction that's layered in here of know your condition, your prayer, who you're praying to, what he can do, and what you need, and then what's next? Obedience. Well, what's, what's God asking you to do? Well, well, you need to press forward. You need to do what he commands. Look into his word. You, you've cried out. He's, he's to- telling you what to do. Look in his word. Forget the past. It's like the Samaritan woman at the well. Her first reaction is, why are you talking to me? I'm a Samaritan. It, it did not matter to Jesus that, number one, that she was a woman. It did not matter to Jesus that she was Samar- from Samaria. It didn't matter to Jesus that this was a woman from Samaria with a bad reputation all by herself. And here he was at the well. It didn't matter to him. It didn't matter what other people were going to think, what other people were going to say. He knew that woman, her heart, and he spoke to her. And what did she do? She went and started telling others, come see a man who told me everything I've ever done. He looked right into my heart. She experienced the grace and the forgiveness of God. He said, I'll give you water that you'll never thirst again. She didn't understand it until she took a taste. And now, my friend, it doesn't matter to you It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what people think, what people think they know, or even what people know about you. It just doesn't matter what's in the past. It doesn't matter how much is in your bank account. It doesn't matter how much hope you have left in things of this world. It does not matter. But you need to stand up Seek Jesus, cry out his name, and obey him. Excuses. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 is, is a verse. Go, if you go to Romans chapter 8 verse 1, it starts talking about how I'm not, um, if you feel you're not worthy of the grace that, that Christ can, can offer to you. Go read Romans chapter 8. Because you'll realize that his purpose to come here was to find you, no matter how deep and how far you have gone. The prodigal son came back. The son that stayed needed to save just as much as the one who left. Right? 
doesn't matter where you're from, what you're doing, what you've done, where, you're, where your bank account is. It doesn't matter any of that. What matters is Jesus. Embrace, forget the past, embrace the future. How do you embrace the future? Well, you, you cry out. You carry it out. And then you praise it out. That's what you do. Psalms 136 verse 1, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 50 verse 23, it says, The one who offers thanksgiving as a sacrifice glorifies me. To one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. These scriptures to me speak to the one who came back as he glorified God. And through his glory, his glory and his praise to God, he found faith and trust in Jesus. Many want to be healed. But few truly want to follow Jesus. Just let that sink in for me. Everybody wants to go to heaven. But few there be that find the path. Why? It's not because they haven't heard it. It's just they don't want to obey it. What if the lepers hadn't obeyed? They wouldn't have found it. They wouldn't have found the healing. What if, what if the one had not returned? He would have never known what true grace and mercy of God would, would feel like and experience. Many want to be healed, but not everybody wants to follow through. Nine were healed by the power and mercy of Christ and compassion to their distress. In answer to their prayer, but one was made whole by his faith. And Christ looked at that different. He looked at it different. What, how about you? Uh, how about me? Have I ever experienced the grace and the blessings of God and then um, walk away and forget to turn back and say, thank you, Jesus. How often? I wonder what that does to, to Christ and to the Father. I wonder what kind of disappointment is there. Because he has mercy and compassion, and he saves and he answers prayers, and when he answers them, his people just going about their business, high-fiving, and hey, look what God did for me. But they never actually glorify God. It was more about what they did. Well, if I hadn't have went to the priest, that was my part. So, so that was on me. No, friend, it wasn't. Because he could have, uh, he, he's following the law. Um, he came to fulfill the law, not to, uh, 
not to void the law. And so that was a necessary thing. They had to go show themselves to the priest. He just skipped a lot of steps in between. <laughs> Maybe he was tired. He's like, yeah, go show yourself. I'm good. <laughs> His power is not, um, is not dictated or limited by um, uh, like ours is. You know, how I feel about the day and how things are going and what I wish has no bearing on whether God can do or will do. Ten cried out. One returned. Ten were healed. One was saved. Ten received temporary healing. One received eternal life. Nine had an encounter, but one had an experience. Nine were still trusting in the law, but one found how to trust in Christ. Will you be the one? Will you be the one? Return to him the praise and the glory that he, uh, that he deserves. If y'all will stand with us this morning. I, as I was reading through, through this scripture, um, this portion reminded me of uh, what, I, what I call the Lord's model prayer. A lot of times we call it um, the, the Lord's prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven. So I, I'm King James on this, all right, y'all. Uh, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And as I read through this story, it reminded me of the Lord's model prayer. Because it started, our Father who art in heaven, Jesus, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His authority. Master, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Have mercy on us. They cried out. Lead us not into temptation, but, but deliver us from evil. Guide us. Tell us what to do so that we may obey. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That's praise. The tenth leper came back and he, he obeyed and then he praised. The Lord's model prayer. We see it right here in this story. It's a formula for what God's trying to teach us of how to reach him in faith and through faith. God, your name, your authority, what we need. God, ultimately, you direct our paths and you deserve all the glory and the praise and the honor forever and ever. And they all said, amen. amen. Let's pray. God, we love you this morning. God, we thank you for um, the word that you've, um, that you've shared with us. God, I pray that... Um, is there someone here who needed to hear um, some of these words? God, if they don't know you as their Lord and Savior, God, the most important thing, that eternal healing, God, I pray that they would cry out, obey, and praise you. God, for those of us who maybe have been on 
this road for a while. God, I just pray that you would remind us. Remind us, O oh Lord, that we'll return and give you the honor, the praise, and the glory. God, that we won't take anything for granted. God, we'll give you the, the praise. It's in your name we pray. Amen.